This is the Little Moments Count radio podcast, created in partnership with community radio stations throughout Minnesota. Each episode, you'll hear interviews with early childhood experts on how to support the important brain development that takes place in the first 1,000 days of life, just through Little Moments every day. Learn more at littlemomentscount.org slash podcast. Good morning, Minneapolis and Twin Cities. Welcome to the narrative here on KRSM with Andrea. This episode is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count. Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focused on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development in the first three years of life. Nearly 80% of brain growth happens in the first 1,000 days, and small moments of interaction like talking, playing, reading, and singing help create the pathways that build a child's brain during this early stage of life. For more information, you can visit at littlemomentscount.org. The narrative is excited to be partnering with Little Moments Counts to host conversations focused on early childhood development. We'll be welcoming a new guest each month to talk about their involvement in Little Moments Count and how they view the role of early childhood development in creating bright futures and strong communities. Welcome to in. We just do want to welcome you to the narrative because here we do like to amplify the voices, stories, cultures, and conversations that are happening in our neighborhoods, and we focus on communities that have been historically ignored, misrepresented, and erased by traditional media. And my name is Andrea Peer, and I'm your host. And I do want to welcome Cecil Keller here to The Narrative. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here with Andrea. We are so excited to have you and um, just really excited to learn more about your work and all the good things that you do in our community here. Um, so if you don't know who Cecil Keller is, she is the Senior Vice President of Early Childhood Programs at Think Small. She launched her career in the early childhood education profession by working in the classroom, important fact there. Over the past 20 years, she has expanded her experiences into an effective early childhood policy expert and leader within the field. Cisa successfully incorporates her commitment to early childhood into her professional work. Cisa was a founding member of the Minnesota Early Childhood Crisis Work Group, Minnesota's Future Early Childhood Coalition, and served on the executive committee of the Many Minds Campaign. She is presently a member of the Transforming Minnesota Early Childhood Workforce Coalition and the Parent Aware Racial Equity Implementation Implementation, excuse me, work group. So, yes, again, welcome, Cisa, to the narrative. We love doing these little moments, count experts. I get to meet some of the best uh, minds and people that are thinking and working and thought partners in the field of childhood development. And 20 years, I like the way you have in your bio in the classroom. Um, let's even just start off with that. Why is that such an important fact that you have that classroom, you know, skill set and experience? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So I started off my career in early childhood, actually working in a toddler classroom. Um, so working with, uh, you know, those those young, young children that are just starting to be able to express themselves with verbal language, mm-hmm. um, really getting a hold of their motor control. Um, and for me, you know, as you mentioned in my bio, I do a lot of work around kind of large kind of systems work, strategic planning, things like that. Um, and the fact that I have experience grounded in like, what does that look like in a classroom? What does that look like in engaging with families, um, working with children from various backgrounds, I think is so important um, because sometimes we can get lost in the st- you know statistics, the data, um, you know, the bureaucracy of, of systems mm-hmm. and forget like, what does that look like on the ground in classroom settings um, and working with families? That is the most important part. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of at my work at Think Small is we center everything through the lens of children. What is in the best interest? of children, uh, because what is in in the best interest of children is in the best interest of the adults around them, but not necessarily vice versa. So the fact that we're so centered on on children is is really vitally important. Yeah, I suppose so, because like what is best for adults probably isn't best for children. Um, That's a fact right there. (laughs) Um, So like all this other work that you've done, like in your bio, um, things that I'm aware with are like parents aware. I know parents aware will um, you like if you're looking for child care. Those are the folks that kind of make sure that certain um, expectations are met, our levels are met. Can you just tell people a little bit more what that means, though? Like parents aware, because sometimes you'll see the signs like I'm a five star, four star parents aware service provider for child care. Absolutely, yeah. So parent aware is Minnesota's quality rating and improvement system. Mm-hmm. Um, every state has a version of this. Um, ours was really focused and designed. It was actually the first one in the country that was designed with families in mind. Um, And the idea was that we wanted to give uh, a tool, we wanted to create a tool in which families could very quickly, easily, um, right? Because we know parents have limited um, space and time and and they're just, they have so much going on. And what we wanted to do is be able to give them um, this tool to really be able to assess what their childcare needs were and how they could be met through the lens of school readiness. And so what ParentAware does is it is a, a structure which child care providers, early educating, uh, learning um, settings can basically indicate what uh policies, practices, things they're doing in their program that are most aligned with um, making sure that children have the skills, um, the opportunities, the experiences most aligned with being ready for school to really reach their fullest potential. And then those indicators, those star levels, as you mentioned, there's Mm -hmm. four stars, um, are then being able to be marketed to families. And so uh, a family can very quickly, you know, look and be like, okay, there's lots of factors that I need to um, be taking into consideration, location, price and school readiness. And so this is a simple tool to be able to do that. And it's really been built also through a lens of of continuous improvement because we know that this is an ever-growing, ever-learning situation. There is uh, more research coming out every day about the importance of brain development, um, making sure that young children have really high-quality experiences. And we want to make sure that Parent Aware um, reflects that most, uh, the most recent uh, research and, and best 
best practices. Mm -hmm. Um, As you mentioned, one of the things that I've been really involved in the last couple of years is around making sure that racial equity is at a core of parent aware. Um, And so this is something we're actively doing is making sure that the the racial equity components Mm -hmm. are embedded into the parent aware best practices. Um, And so that's that's a a great example of something that we're starting to really um, look at how, what does that look like in a toddler classroom and an infant classroom? And then how do um, child care providers, how do early childhood educators actually document what they're doing so that, again, parents can have this information? So is it more like making sure there's like culturally relevant books in the classroom or dolls or toys or yeah. is there more to it than that as well? There's more to it than that. You know, of that course. I think, you know, absolutely, right? There's all levels. And I think this is one of the beauties of Parent Aware is we recognize that there is a lot of range in that. So you can start with making sure does every child see themselves in their setting, right? So mm-hmm. are there books? Are there, you know, toys? Um, are the posters? Can they see themselves in that? Um, in larger settings, like childcare centers, do the teachers reflect who they are, you know, and and their community? Um, is their language welcomed? Is is the the written word around them is that there? Um, but then you get into like how do adults interact with children? How do they see them as them their authentic selves? And really trying to encourage them to really embody that and 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 prosper and and thrive in that area. So um, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, Think Small is actually. Um, Right now, we are piloting um, uh, an effort to really empower, um, give kind of a reflective practice um, uh, set of tools and and strategies for the educators in the room, in the in the classroom, um, to make sure that they really are doing what's in the best interest through a racial, racial equity lens. Um, so we're piloting a tool that was designed in Boston University right now um, in 12 programs here in, in the Twin Cities and, and really excited about the experience we're having. Because um, what we know is that early childhood educators, um, they do this work because they love this work. They love children. They love families. They love their community. They want to do what's in the best interest of those children. Um, And sometimes we just need need to make sure that they have the skills, knowledge, and competence to be able to deliver on that love. So, Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, I had several family, family members who had home daycares and things like that. And it's truly like a very hard job. Like they would be up at the crack of dawn, cleaning, cooking for the day, prepping. And then you're working very late, waiting for parents to get off and you have to clean up again. And you don't get time off. And when you do get time off, they would always feel so guilty. You know what I mean? Because they knew that these families were really depending on them. And they deserve a lot of support and better pay, in my opinion. All educators do. Um, so what can parents really do, in your opinion, to maximize their child's brain development? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think this is this is something that Little Moments Count has just become an absolute leader on, and, and we're so thrilled to be a partner um, within Little Moments Count. And and really, I think um, you know it is um, starting just very simple, and 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 really recognizing that this little bundle of joy you have in front of you, their brain is just constantly um, learning and making connections, and so trying to create all those experiences um, to really maximize on that. So talking 
talking to your children, learning to your children, when you're on the bus pointing out the different colors or finding letters, um, those things, they seem really simple, um, but they are so impactful. Um, and and so really just, you know, as a parent, we know, you know, I, I remember when I was a, a young mom with two young children, um, you're just trying to make sure that you get dinner on the table, you get them to bed, um, you get the laundry done. And so, but in each one of those instances, there's an opportunity to engage with your child. Um, and so just really recognizing that and then maximizing on that. So um, as you're doing laundry, count out the socks as you're throwing them in the, in, the, in the washing machine, trying to find the colors. Can you go find something else that's the same color as this particular socks? Um, and and uh, like I say, just being intentional around those, those opportunities. And then, um, you know, as a parent, you are the most important adult in a child's life. Um, but we know that truly it does take a village to raise a child. And so there's lots of other adults that are surrounding that child. And so making sure that all the adults around that child are really doing that and seeing that individual child as truly an individual and wanting to um, uh, really maximize and and just uh, focus in on that child's needs and how they're so unique. So as it relates to child care, making sure you have a child care provider, that you find a child care provider that aligns with your your family's values, um, what you find important. um, and, And then, you know, and then realizing that that's a partnership. So how can you work with that with that particular child care provider to really bring in your own um, family values, your your family's, uh, you know, whether it's celebrations or, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, various cultural things, that's, that's what you want to be doing. So yeah, we've had other guests on too that say, um, it's so important just to even just narrate your day like, oh, what color is the sock? Or I'm going to pour the eggs into the batter and I'm going to mix it up. Or, you know, I've been telling them, do you want to help mix it? Maybe just setting something aside for them, even if it's just water or whatever, for them to kind of get some of that input and that play. Um, so if you are able to really do these things, these little moments, um, what are the likely benefits for children as they enter into kindergarten and then go on through great grade school or yeah. elementary school? You know, if we start at the the most foundational level, the the thing that we're doing um, uh, just biologically is we are making we are maximizing on that brain development. As you mentioned in the in the intro, eighty percent of of you know, the brain development happens in those first few days, mm-hmm. right? And so um, we want to make sure that all those connections in the brain are are um, have been made and are solid, um, so that as they get into later years, um, you know they've they've got this really really solid foundation, um, and then you know on top of that, that next layer is really making sure that the child believes in themselves. They know that they are valued, um, that they are are seen for who they really are, um, that they know that they can do whatever they want to do so that they can reach their full potential. Um, uh, one of the indicators of progress that the state of Minnesota has in trying to, you know, kind of align curriculum is approaches to learning. We want to make sure that children are curious, um, that they feel like they can ask questions, that they can delve into those things. Um, um, and if they're nervous and they don't feel like they have a voice, it's really hard to be curious if you don't feel like you have a voice. And so we want to make sure that every child shows up at whatever their kindergarten classroom is and says, I'm ready to learn. I'm really ready to, to maximize on every experience that's thrown at me um, and 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 go forth and, and do those things. So um, that's really what we're doing in those early years is, is biologically making sure that the brain has all those connections, the maximum amount of connections that they have, and then on the individual child really making sure that they feel, you know, really um, valued and seen um, and ready to just maximize on on life. Yeah. 
And do you have any information about how important it is getting those first 1,000 days, I feel like is what you were kind of touching on in your, in your previous answer, is um, you know, the long-term education and health benefits for getting those 1,000 days, those first 1,000 days of a child's life correct. Yeah. So I think if we, we look at it from the opposite side, when those things don't happen, um, um, on the most extreme, um, there's, a, there's a, a line of science around adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are things like experiencing homelessness, um, violence in the family, um, you know, various elements. So there's, there's actually um, uh, uh, most recently COVID has been added to an adverse childhood experience. So unfortunately, every one of our children has one um, right off the bat. But the more adverse childhood experiences uh, a child has, um, what we know is that in later years, you know, we've been talking a lot about school readiness and and um, and whatnot, but there are huge um, um, adverse experiences that will um, adversely uh, contribute to low, uh, you know, harder health outcomes. For example, um, more risks of diabetes, heart disease, depression, things like that. So um, uh, we there are some long term studies that again. Um, um, children that don't have high quality early childhood experiences are more likely to drop out of high school. They're more likely to be involved in the criminal justice system. They're more likely in the K-12 system to be, um, you know, in um, uh, uh, qualifying for special ed um, services. So it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like we either do it really well in those first thousand days mm-hmm. or we don't. Um, and we have all of these really huge impacts later on. Um, and, you know, in, in every instance, you can you can always try. The, you, if you have you know enough intervention, you can kind of level out some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so much better if we just focus on the first thousand days. You just start off on the right trajectory, and then we're not spending so much energy trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the things I think that we keep trying to emphasize is that the more we can focus on these first five years, first really the first three years, the first thousand days, um, the more likely we are going to be able to just be. It's really about investment, um, or or you know you. Either invest now or you pay, you pay the price later, basically. And that is so true. Yeah. You know, and it's it's cheaper to educate a child than it is to put someone into a prison system and put them through those um, complex uh, processes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And we need more people that are not going into jail. We need people yeah. that are going to you know, help our society contribute positively, have a good, fulfilling life. And a lot of that does come with, you know, having food, having shelter, um, and those types of things, too, I think are adverse childhood experiences. Absolutely. Experiencing hunger. Yeah. Um, Let's take a little bit of a station break here. You're listening to the narrative here on KRSM. It's our Little Moments Counts segment. We're talking to Cesar Keller, um, the executive director at Think, or I'm sorry, Senior Vice President. <laughs> Let's get that right. Senior Vice President at Think Small. And we'll be back in just 30 seconds here. And we are back here on the narrative on KRSM speaking to Cisa Keller, the Senior Vice President of Early Childhood Programming at Think Small. You know, on the narrative, we do like to amplify the voices, story, cultures, and conversations happening in our neighborhood. You know, the first Tuesday of the month, we talk to our Little Moments Count folks, and it's all about focusing on early childhood development and how Little Moments can really change a child's life. If you want more information, you can visit at littlemomentscount.org. 
CISA. So we kind of touched a little bit um, about the Parent Aware Program and just like all the work that it does. You're on the Equity Implementation Work Group. I'm wondering, do you have any stories of a family that was like really positively impacted by your work there and with Parent Aware? Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't necessarily have a very specific story, but we hear often from families. Um, uh, you know, we did a study a few years ago, and one of the things that we found is that, um, you know, over and over, we heard parents that talked about that when their child was in a childcare program that um, they knew their child was going to be thriving in. That parent was able to go and do whatever they were adulting um, in in such a much more meaningful way, whether that was going to school, looking for a job, uh, working in a career. They were able to just go and do that and really like focus on that than being so worried about what was going on with their child. Um, and so what we saw was basically this collective impact, right, where not only was the child thriving, but the, the parents were thriving themselves. And then together they were just really rising up, um, you know, all boats rise. And so I think that that is so meaningful. And and I think um, what we've also heard from parents that are in, in parent who are rated programs is they feel like they have a trusted partner, mm-hmm. um, right? So most of us don't come, you know, children don't come with a manual that tells us how to raise them. No. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you wish they had that, like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Um, but when you have this really meaningful relationship with your child care provider, they're an immediate resource where you're like, well, what what happens, you know, what happens next around this particular behavior? Um, whether it's, it's one you're just trying to figure out or you have a toddler that that's you know going through a biting phase. You know you have this you know this navigator basically that's helping you through like what is developmentally appropriate practices. Um, you know I can personally share that uh, one of the things that you know um, I as a young uh, mom I I had no idea what to do for potty training with my oldest child. And guess what? It was my teachers that were really able to help me and figure out how to do that. And so mm-hmm. that's what we hear from parents is they just they they have this resource this individual that is going to love their child for who they are is going to really support them. Um, and then is this trusted resource is this amazing partner in helping raise their child. So um, that's what we hear um, uh, from parents when they're when they're in a parent wear rated program. Um, and then, you know, on the on the flip side, what we hear from providers, child care providers that participate in parent wear is they feel like, you know, um, uh, back to your, your point about uh, compensation earlier, they feel like this is an opportunity in which people can actually acknowledge the hard work they do um, and and get some recognition from that, um, that this is a profession. This is not babysitting. Um, this is hard work. Um, when we talk about rocket science, this is rocket science. When you're talking about literally the brain development of a young child, um, this it's hard work to be able to do this well. And so um, participating in Parent Aware and all the benefits that come from Parent Aware is a huge recognition for those child care providers. Um, mm-hmm. So it really, it is it is an amazing story. So, And I kind of feel like what you're saying, um, people really respecting that pr- the child care profession as a profession, as those people being professionals, being skilled. Um, it's something new. I feel like now, like, cause I feel like when I, you know, I'm, I'll be 45 this, this August, but I feel like when I was growing up, it wasn't necessarily looked upon as like a real profession. And what do you think has changed that? Why do you think that's coming about differently now? No, absolutely. And it's it's still we're still on that upward uh, uphill uh, trajectory. We're still not yet quite there where people everybody recognizes it as a profession. But we have seen a significant shift in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, 
And I think that's really as more and more research has come out around the um, huge benefits of, 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 you know, the early brain development and what mm-hmm. that means in the long term, um, you know, all sorts of stakeholders are now recognizing that are like, oh, like this is this is not just making sure that a child's in a safe place. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that just they're in a place. Yeah, just change. Well. Right. Exactly. So this is this is really this is brain building, brain architecture. And so um, as people are started to acknowledge what that is um, and it's it's been interesting because um, making sure that you have really good child care and thriving child care, um, we really look at it through kind of a, a triple bottom line, right? Like we've been talking a lot about the children, a little bit about the benefits to families, um, but there's a huge benefit to community too, right? So um, whether it's making sure that, you know, I mean, who's the workforce that's coming in behind all of us that are going to, you know, retire in, in mm-hmm. 15, 20, 30 years? Um, we want to make sure we have an educated workforce, a thriving workforce that's coming behind us. So we have a huge huge business community and economic development folks that are recognizing like, oh, we really need to, you know, if we want to think about the long-term thriving of our community, we need to make sure that we're really looking at those earliest years. And so... Um, make sure the kids are all right, right? They're all right, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and then I think, um, uh, you know, huge shout out to, to all of my colleagues in the early childhood work, or, you know, in the in early childhood sector. We've been beating this drum for a decade, um, you know, talking about the importance of early childhood. Um, but we when you see things at the, you know, where, for example, just most recently, um, President um, Biden uh, signed an executive order around child care, investing in child care. Um, we have huge, uh, the the largest investments at the state legislature in early childhood. When you see policymakers um, uh, talking about the importance of early childhood, um, mayors talking about it, you know, things like that, um, that just raises the visibility. And, and I think that that has been a huge shift as well. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So you work at Think Small, and for folks who are not familiar with Think Small, can you tell us more about that organization? Absolutely, yeah. So Think Small has been around since 1971. Um, we actually started off as a toy lending library for child care providers um, in the Twin Cities metro. Uh, we literally had this green bus, and we would just go around to child care providers and rotate out the toys. Oh um, so yeah, that was that was our beginning. Um, we now have you know over a hundred um, employees and and really focusing on a variety of things. Our mission to, is to advance quality care and education for children in their crucial early years. Um, and we really do that through um, uh, our strategic plan, which uh, our strategic plan goal, which is all children in Minnesota are ready for kindergarten. Um, and that's a, it's kind of monitored through a, a, a data-driven continuous improvement process. Um, and so what we're really doing is making sure the majority of our work is really focused on making sure our most at-risk children, mm-hmm. um, so children from low-income communities, um, BIPOC communities, um, those children that um, might traditionally be landing in our achievement gap. Minnesota has one of the, has honestly the worst achievement gap in the country mm-hmm. uh, between uh, children of color, particularly our, our um, black and brown children and white children, mm-hmm. um, and in really making sure that those children have access to the highest quality care. Um, so that's that's kind of our driving force, again, back to children are the center of everything we 
do. Um, and so we, we do a variety of things. Um, we really you know, start by strengthening families, uh, making sure that families have the financial resources to be able to access those high-quality programs. We administer a variety of financial supports, including, including early learning scholarships, wow. um, as well as a, a variety of parent engagement um, uh, strategies, including parent power text, which uh, we can talk more about that later if we have time. Um, and then we do a whole sector of work around just supporting child care providers, making sure that they have the skills, knowledge, and competence they need to be able to support young children and their families and their community. So whether that's professional development or coaching, we have a, an early childhood-specific library as part of an arm of the, the St. Paul Library. Um, we have a publication arm. We actually read Leaf Press. Um, we just launched uh, an online uh, platform called Think Small Institute, um, which has all sorts of high-quality content um, for child care providers centered on a, a, an anti-racial pedagogy. Uh, pedagogy. Um, so all sorts of things. And then the third bucket of work we do is really around catalyzing change. Um, what we want to do is make sure that at the highest level, our systems level, mm-hmm. um, that those are keeping children at the center, um, our most vulnerable children, um, and, and the workforce, right? Like we need to make sure that as we are having conversations at the state capitol in our um, various uh, state departments, that those things are, are center. And so we do a lot of policy and advocacy work and in that space as well, trying to catalyze those change. So exciting time. A lot of time. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, So if I say I am a family and I, well, I am, I have a family, but say you're a younger family, you have like, you know, a two year old and a six month old and you really are struggling and you need help. How would you get, how could Think Small really help you? Like say you're having issues with childcare. You're thinking something might be up with maybe like the youngest one. They don't seem like they're doing what the oldest child was doing at the same exact time. How could, um, and also like, you know, you're struggling with food support and maybe even like a, a safe place to live at that time. Can think small help a family like that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, probably the, the the largest area that we can do um, a lot of support in, uh, in particular, is around that financial support, making sure that families have access to um, the funds they would need to be able to access those high quality early learning experiences. Um, and so we can do that in a variety of ways here in the metro, um, um, either through, as I mentioned, the early learning scholarships, which really um, families that are income eligible just have to fill out a form. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a fairly simple form showing that they are income eligible and then they are awarded this scholarship right and they get to go and we have a, a, a coordinator um, actually a family engagement coordinator that will help you find the child care provider that best meets your needs right um, so they'll help you do that shopping using parent aware all sorts of things um, and then you can go and find that child care provider and utilize that scholarship and that uh, once you've qualified your child will have that scholarship until they go to kindergarten Wow, um, which is huge just knowing so that you, you aren't every year there's yeah sometimes we do have to you know once a year just like you just get yep i still need this you Mm -hmm. know kind of a thing it's but it's very simple um but yeah for the most part you have it until you go to kindergarten it isn't you're not having to submit all sorts of unnecessary paperwork um because honestly we know that families um um experiences are not changing that drastically in a five-year standpoint you know they may be um, progressing but but they're not changing that dramatically so um you know and then once we have them kind of with an earlier 
uh, childhood program, that's where then we can really start looking at those other supports. As you mentioned, the food supports, housing, um, you know, uh, one of the partners that, that we absolutely just love working with um, here in the Twin Cities is Northside Achievement Zone, mm-hmm. right? And so Northside, uh, Northside Achievement Zone, uh, commonly referred to as NAS, has a whole family approach, right? And they have um, a, a navigator, a coach that's directly linked to that family um, and looking at all those elements and really trying to, because we know you could have the best childcare, but if you don't know where the next meal is coming from, you don't know where you're going to be living um, into the first of next month, um, that that becomes increasingly challenging. So really, you know, our our kind of focus is really around that access to childcare. That's where we have the biggest impact. Um, but we, we recognize that all those other things need to be in place. And so then it's connecting with our various partners um, in, in trying to make sure that those supports are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, what's your website? How can people get a hold? Absolutely, yeah. So our our website is thinksmall.org. Quite easy. Uh, you can face, uh, find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Um, uh, so there's lots of information. Um, and if you, uh, in, we're also on the Little Moments Count uh, website, so you can always go there, find out more information. Um, but yeah, that is that is the easiest way to to connect with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my next question is around, you kind of touched on it, that parent-powered text program that Think Small is a part of. Can you just tell us more about that? As yeah, well? so um, this is a really exciting, we launched this a few years ago, um, and it, we launched it, it was actually something where we found, um, it was a, a research out of Yale that found that um, a, a series of texts, three very simple texts um, that were sent to parents, significantly increased the child. Um, literacy skills, as well as the family engagement, like parents just felt more empowered. And so we worked with the researcher um, who who left Yale and started his own, his own company. Um, we're working with them um, and launched Parent Power Text here in Minnesota. Um, and as I said, it is it is three simple texts that come Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, that are all written to be um, really about trying to uh, you know focus on that brain development. So we talked. We've mentioned a few activities around counting socks or things like that. This just gives, you know, the ideas that it gives kind of a fact, like something that's really important. Here's something you can kind of explore. And then here's something you can do a little bit more. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the trajectory of those texts. Um, and they are done. You don't need any materials. You don't need to do any prepping. You literally just get your text and you're like, oh, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be some additional resources. Um, and those texts are available. They're free of cost. Uh, you can go to thinksmall.org and, and sign up for the Parent Power Text. You can also sign up from the Little Moments Count um, website, and you get their um, design for children from birth to age five. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, they're uh, every week, fifty-two weeks, um, uh, three texts a week, and they're just they're amazing. Um, uh, we often often laugh though. You know, the toddler texts um, work really well for teenagers as well. Um, <laughs> is is a, a as a nice little side note. Uh, so surprisingly, now but, I'm gonna sign up because exactly, teenage. yeah, I'm in the middle of it. And you know, they're designed obviously for parents, but we have heard um, from grandparents that have been signing up for it and, and doing it. Child care providers are signing up for it. So really, if you have a young child in your in your life in any way, shape, or form, these texts are absolutely amazing. So, um, that is so cute. Yeah. Um, we have we've had, we have had other hosts talk about that and didn't realize that it was coming from Think Small, so it's really nice to meet like the people behind it. Um, and I think also just thinking of my parenting journey, um, I just remember when I was pregnant, I really enjoyed anything that told me about the development of the baby. And just thinking now that the baby's here, how much fun it would be to have had something like that. Like what 
toys to play with or something to just do with your child because you don't know. You just don't know or you might forget. Um, so it's always good to have those additional support from trusted messengers. Absolutely. Um, I love all of this. Let's take just a little short station break, our last one. And then um, I want to touch on like what's going on at the legislature, um, if there's any other events or anything like that that we need to touch on. But um, you're listening to the narrative here on KRSM. Um, I'm Andrea, your host, and we'll be back with Marcisa Keller, um, who is the Vice President of Early Childhood Programs at Think Small, and we'll be back in one second. And you're back on the narrative with Andrea Pierre. I'm here with my host, Cisa Keller, Vice President of Early Childhood Programs at Think Small. We've been having just a lively conversation about that first 1,000 days of life, how childhood early... Um, Oops, I got a little bit of buzz there. How childly childhood um, brain development is very important. And just talking about brain growth, ways you can be a good parent, talking about the great things that parents are aware, and at Think Small and how it can support your family um, if you are in need of resources. Um, for more information, you can always go to littlememblancecount.org and CISA. So we have this trifecta <laughs> in the legislature right now. Um, lots of uh, big legislation has been pa- uh, passed. We know that our governor is uh, an educator as well and has an education background, talks a lot about early childhood development, things like that. Um, what is happening currently in regards to early learning? Yeah, so we are, are very excited about the trajectory of this legislative session. As you mentioned, um, outside of early childhood, there's been some pretty significant legislation that has passed, um, you know, over the, the months. And so uh, we're now at the, the period of time in which kind of the final elements are being uh, discussed and, and differences are being talked about between the House and the Senate. Um, but in general, this session, this legislative session, you know, as a refresher for our listeners, um, you know, we are in a budget year. So this is when they're deciding where are they going to spend all the various um, dollars that are, are uh, theirs to spend um, with a huge surplus. Um, some of the, you know, um, honestly, the largest surplus I've ever seen in, in my career. Um, a lot of that is one time money. It's not ongoing money, but we've got money right now to invest in our communities. And we know that communities need some in, in immediate um, investments. And so um, early childhood is definitely one of the priorities that we've seen, um, discussed, um, when the governor and the lieutenant governor, um, uh, uh, Governor um, uh, Tim Waltz and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan came out with their budget proposals early in session, had huge investments in early childhood. So that kind of set the tone um, for all the conversations. And then, you know, the various House and, and Senate leadership um, and uh, committee chairs, uh, we just had a wealth of, of conversation around investment in early childhood. Um, back to our earlier, you know, our earlier conversation of like what has shifted. Um, it has just been absolutely thrilling to walk into a, a Senate hearing or a House hearing and having legislators talking about brain development. And um, we're no longer having the conversation of, is it important? It's really about what are we going to do? We all know it's important. So how are we going to invest? Um, and that's a very different conversation that we have not had um, really at this level ever. Um, so this is this is historic for us. And yeah, so we are seeing somewhere close to probably somewhere between $750 to $1 million to a $1 billion invested in early childhood 
childhood, depending on how you want to categorize various elements. Um, this is everything from, uh, you know, a huge increase in those early learning scholarships, as well as another uh, funding source called the Child Care Assistance Program. Uh, those are both um, resources for um, income eligible families to be able to access quality uh, care. Um, huge investments. I mean, literally the largest investments we've ever seen. Um, and so that means that more with also a shift um, that really aligns with uh, Little Moments Count to really focusing on those earliest, earliest days, those first thousand years. Um, you know, the last few years, there's been a lot of focus on three and four-year-olds, and the three and four-year-olds are really important. But as we know, it's those first thousand days. So um, that infant and toddler shift, that infant and toddler focus is is really exciting to see. So lots of investments there, uh, investments in the child care providers themselves, um, whether it's um, uh, payments to address some of the compensation issues that we, we've touched on a little bit, mm-hmm. to making sure that anybody that's interested in actually opening a child care program um, can. We, we launched as a state uh, launched a a program called Wayfinder um, last spring. And so anybody that's interested in actually becoming a child care provider, there's a whole set of resources, uh, coaches, staff, technical assistance, funds um, to actually help you open a child care program and successfully be able to support the families in your community. So seeing investments there as well. Uh, There's tax credits. There's there's just a wealth of of investments. Um, And so we're really excited. Um, You know, it's not done. Uh, We are in conference committee right now. They're literally meeting as we speak, kind of talking about the differences between the House and the Senate. Um, but at its core, we have really solid things. We're just talking about, is it going to be $250 million or is it going to be $270 million? Wow. That's the conversation <laughs> we're kind of having um, at the legislature. And so we anticipate that those uh, those early childhood bills will be making their way to the governor's um, desk here in the next couple of weeks um, and that, you know, we are going to be, um, for the first time in the state of Minnesota, truly putting our youngest citizens first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's very exciting. Um, you know, it's, it's worth noting, though, that while we're having these historic um, uh, investments, we're not done. This is not going to fund everybody that needs to be funded, whether we're talking about the children and the families or the child care providers. There's still a lot a lot of work to be done, um, but this is really setting the stage for for the conversations we should be having about investing rather than dealing with the situations later. So, yeah, I agree, um, and that's it's so inspiring to see um, where you don't have to start way way with all this framework. Like everyone really now gets the framework, and I feel like um, the lobbyists are just like childhood educators have done a great job educating us around what is needed and why we're having all these issues. And hopefully this can be something that will be groundbreaking so that in the next 30 years we'll be doing a lot better when it comes to our, like you're saying, our youngest citizens. Um, Yeah, because I do agree if we don't invest now, we'll definitely be paying for that later. Um, How has support been in community for this? Has there been, is it something that's been bipartisan or... Like, how has it been received? Yeah. You know, this is one of the areas I will say that we there is a lot of bipartisan support um, mm-hmm. for early childhood. And that's, again, back to um, the advocates, the lobbyists, the stakeholders, everybody you've had on this radio station. Um, you know, it is really recognizing that this is not a partisan issue. You know, investing in our children, everybody wants to invest in children. Um, and so when there are differences, it's really about how do we invest, mm-hmm. not should we invest. Um, and so, you know, as I mentioned, one of the, the areas that's 
newer to really investing in, in early childhood, um, though also uh, foundational, is the business community. I mean, the business community is actually uh, was the one that actually started early learning scholarships and piloted Parent Aware. They raised uh, you know twenty million dollars to to start that program. Um, that came from the business community because they recognized that investing in these early years um, really supported uh, Minnesota's um, economic development and prosperity in the later years. And so, yeah, there's there's great bipartisan support in in all of these areas. And so that's that's exciting to see too that we don't have um, you know um, some of the the partisanship that we see in other areas. And that really makes sure again as we think about the the long term vision of this, um, you know, there are going to be shifts and changes as to party leadership and. So making sure that we have an issue that everybody can get behind is is really important and 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 important to all of us. So um, yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, anything to get people to stop fighting, <laughs> <laughs> like let's just stop. Um, so we kind of touched on um, how Think Small has their early learning scholarship how it is eligible, like it's by income or is it by like how many children you have? Like how can you really get Yeah, that? so it, it's it, the the main um, uh, uh, eligibility for early learning scholarships, and I'm also going to add child care assistance in there as well, um, uh, is is income eligibility, right? So it is based on, on a, a family's income. Um, and then, you know, within early learning scholarships, we do have some prioritization, um, again, because this is focused on our most vulnerable children. So, for example, um, family that may be um, uh, experiencing homelessness, um, uh, uh, parent, uh, children of, of teen parents, um, families that are children um, uh, in the foster care system, things like that. There's a variety of, of priority areas that we want to make sure that we're funding first. Um, again, if we see the investments that we're going to see um, coming out of the legislature that are being proposed, um, there'll be less need to prioritize necessarily because like, we're going to have that much more funding to be able to serve that many children. Um, but, uh, you know, always wanting to make sure our most vulnerable children are fully served um, first. Um, you know, all boats rise. And so we want to start with our most vulnerable and then move up those those income eligibilities. Mm-hmm. No, it, I think I know for a fact that I probably would not have been able to graduate from college if it wasn't for the scholarship that I got mm-hmm. for child care because it was just too much. Yeah. And even though I had family to support me. They couldn't always be there, unfortunately, you know, and they tried their best, but that added boost definitely helped me obtain my degree. So if you are listening and you want to go to school and you want need childcare and you're worried about that, please go and get that resource, thinksmall.org. Um, any events or anything like that happening at Think Small that we should know about? I know that you do do grants also for, like, people who have child care centers and maybe want to make improvements or even sign up for parents aware, things like that. Um, can you explain any of that to us or give any information on that? Yeah, you know, probably the easiest way, um, as you mentioned, there's just a variety of, of supports that we do offer. And, and as with anything, there's always deadlines and timelines. Um, so, But the best way to really make sure that you are um, aware of those various deadlines is is really to follow us on social media. Um, Facebook is is great. Uh, we have newsletters, so you can go, again, thinksmall.org and sign up for our newsletters. Um, probably the, the biggest one, as you just mentioned, that's coming up, um, you know, a, a 
particular deadline, we've we've focused a lot on on parent aware and really making sure that all of our child care providers are parent aware rated. Um, there is a deadline if you want to participate in the July cohort. Um, that deadline is June 10th, um, so you're going to want to go and 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 sign up for that. Um, other than that, you know we have a ton of just an absolute plethora of of early childhood high quality trainings that are available for our child care providers. Um, and so you know uh, those those are those are a great opportunity. Again, you can find all of that information at thinksmall.org. Um, and and those are really the only two that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you guys do a lot. Like if you yep. go to the website, so I encourage you to go to thinksmall.org. There is a lot of information. They're also hiring, so if you're looking for a job. <laughs> You always got to put that out there. Yep. Um, but I do just want to thank you again, Cisa, for being on. Anything closing out that you need to say or want our listeners to know? Yeah. Well, just again, thank you for, one, hosting this program. I think having uh, ongoing conversations about early childhood is just so important for, for all of our communities. Um, and and so thank you again for, for having the program and partnering with Little Moments Count and having me on here. Um, and I think this is just a transformational time for, for Minnesota to really be putting um, uh, our children first. Um, and again, all boats rise. As, as we support our children, support their families, we all do better and we are all just thriving. And I'm, I'm just so thrilled and excited for, for where we are as Minnesotans. Feels good, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cisa Keller, for being on. Cisa is the Senior Vice President of Early Childhood Programs at Think Small. And this was the end of our segment. You were listening to the narrative here on KRSM and you can hear recording of this show at littlemomentscount.org forward slash our backlash podcast. Excuse me. So let me read that again. You can hear a recording of this show at littlemomentscount.org backslash podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about Little Moments Count, you can visit their website at littlemomentscount.org. And I hope everyone has a good week. Take care of yourself. Drink some water. And we'll be back on the narrative on Thursday with another guest. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Little Moments Count radio podcast in partnership with community radio stations throughout Minnesota. You can find the Little Moments Count radio podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at littlemomentscount.org slash podcast.